You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Yes, kudos to my husband, Daddy, who has uh, helped me prepare for this sermon via watching our little baby. Um, in my family, we have this thing. My mom um, said, like, you have to be the circus to entertain the baby, like, on um, drives and stuff. If the baby's crying, she's like, where's the circus? What are you doing? And so you're like, you know, like, trying to entertain the baby. And I feel like, um, like, the baby can't cry. That's been Daddy the last couple of days of, like, look at me do this. Nova, look at me do this. And then, oh, look at this. So he's been just star dad back there and getting her to sleep and um, entertaining her and being the traveling circus wherever we go and um, prepare. So kudos to him. Um, yeah, woo! Yay, dads. <laughs> um, I'm really excited to share with you guys today. I feel really honored, but Advent is a time of uh, remembrance, right? And so, as the title suggests, it's this idea of let him, um, uh, or let us prepare him room. I can't see that slide. Good thing I have it right here. All right. So with that, I just have this um, kind of idea for the series, and this is based on actually a She Reads Truth devotional. And I'm going to read you the beginning part of that um, devotional, actually, uh, to kind of get us in that mood of Advent. And that idea is really why Jesus came and what he came to accomplish. So that's like the overall arching idea of this series. And with that, the um, Let Every Heart Prepare Him Room is from the... uh, song, Joy to the World, right? So I have a couple song lyrics in there that I just kind of want to pause and really um, crack open just a little bit. And with that, I feel like we sing a lot of these Christmas songs, and it tends to be kind of a chaotic, I don't know about for you, but chaotic season. And so I really wanted to slow down and think about um, really the wonders of his love and what he's given us, and that just makes me so excited. And I also made a playlist for you guys and for um, me through the season. It's like worship, Adventy Christmas songs, and it's there's these mashups that are just insane. Like I was weeping preparing for the sermon because I was like, oh, this is so good. First song is just groundbreaking. Also, it's kind of like one of those things that's like, um, tell me you grew up in a charismatic church without telling me. It's like in the back, I just have this flag, like yes, Lord, yes, Lord. So um, I was getting so pumped for the sermon. Um, based off of um, those songs. So I'm so excited um, for that. But let's talk about kind of the framework for today. Sorry, I keep turning to the side. Um, The framework for today is about also themes and two themes in um, this series that we're going to talk about um, with why Jesus came and what he came to accomplish happen to do with um, bringing light to a world in darkness. So lots of scripture that we're going to share. And the second one is to be God with us. So the season of Advent is um, really centering around those two things. We're going to be sharing a lot from the Old Testament and then bring it into the New Testament. You can think about every time I share scripture, it happens to be with these two themes, um, to bring light to a world in darkness and then to be God with us. And with that, uh, this idea of preparing him room is really about, for me, a process of revelation, entering your heart and mind and being transformed by this spectacular event. And I find that, uh, for me, in a word, uh, 
I used to define, like, if we talk about the season of Advent, I'm skipping ahead a little bit because I have a calendar picture here, but from November 27th to December 24th, if you were to say, you know, from these dates, like, define in a word what this means to you, I'd be like, mmm, hustle, like capital letters. Um, because as a teacher, as an English teacher, it would be, you know, me and there's like 150, 160 essays, and then there's break, right? So my focus was so narrowly like, okay, just every day kind of like get it done, get it done, and then you could celebrate Christmas. Um, but a couple years ago, my sister actually gave me this Advent study, and I was able to um, really slow down and take in kind of this idea of the wonders of his love and what he came to accomplish and why he came. And it was really, really transformational for me because it made moments where I felt really um, kind of chaotic and anxious about like, okay, I gotta get these things done, and then I can be on break, or I gotta get these things done, and then I can be peaceful. It made it so that Jesus, who is my peace, I was sitting in that, the entire time. So it didn't matter whether I had 150 essays or, you know, you work your butt off and then you're like, oh, I got 60 essays done, I have 90 to go, which is a little bit depressing sometimes when you're like, uh, you know, you made it happen and then you have like 90 essays still. But with that, I hope that today we can really sit in that peace and then that peace can lead us to the very end where we talk about the peace of God and how he's um, brought that to us. So the seasons of the church, what is Advent? With that, I have a picture of this um, liturgical calendar and the arrows there define kind of where we are right now, so the season. And I wanted to also, when I talk about um, scripture, we've got a lot of scripture that I'm gonna be reading through with those two themes. So if you actually have um, notes that you're taking or if you have a phone beside you and you wanna take a picture of all the different scriptures that we're going through, because it's gonna be kind of fast, you can do that kind of now as I'm uh, talking. And uh, with that idea of kind of where we're going in the word, it's really this idea of allowing him of, you know, making room. And when Daddy and I were getting ready for Nova to be born, it was like full nesting mode where we were going through the house and like getting rid of almost everything. We live in a one-bedroom apartment, and um, my storage situation is kind of like an Amazon fulfillment center. I don't know if you've ever watched like those documentaries where they don't have like, here's all like the cleaning supplies, here's all this supplies. It's kind of like wherever it fits and it really works for them because they have robots doing everything. But in my house, it's like wherever it fits, that's where it goes best. But then you're like, oh, where, you know, where is this extra toilet paper? And then you're like, oh my gosh. You're like, oh, buy the coconut milk, of course, because it's like the biggest place where it fits, right? So making room, though, is so much more than just kind of decluttering. It's about really sitting in the word of the Lord and allowing him to transform you. And as I was preparing today, um, just kind of preparing my heart, I felt like the Lord said um, that there are some of you that have like past trauma and things that are kind of built up that when you slow down and when you're like, ah, oh, and you sit and you're quiet before the Lord or just quiet in general, all those things or just the things in our life that we're worried about or anxious about or really anything, they bubble up to the surface. So some of us kind of the slow down isn't this kind of like moment of like, ah, oh, it's kind of this moment that you're anxious about. So I just want to speak to that also before we start that the Lord is here to bring his peace and part of that peace is healing. 
And that healing brings wholeness. And so if you have any of those moments where you're trying to kind of sit and allow the Lord, or allow kind of room in your heart to allow the Lord to speak to you about this Advent series, if any of those things are bubbling up, I would say um, don't run away from those things. Really embrace those things and allow the Lord to heal you and um, allow his wholeness to um, really define that stillness too. So I just wanted to speak to that. Okay, so this is from the Advent series that is really helping us framework this Advent series here. And this is by uh, Rachel Myers, who is the uh, founder of She Reads Truth. Highly recommend She Reads Truth as devotional studies, by the way. Super love them. They have like a She Reads Truth and a He Reads Truth. And Daddy and I will get like devos together, and they're really awesome. Uh, But this is from that series, talking about Advent. Advent is a season of remembrance, preparing our hearts to celebrate the birth of Jesus. There is a roundedness, a fullness to the incarnation that doesn't have to be lost on us come Christmas morning. If we only open our Bibles to Luke 2 on December 25th, we can certainly celebrate the miraculous birth of our Savior. But when we open our Bibles on December 1st, and again on the second, and again on the third, and every day of Advent season, we have the opportunity to experience a fuller picture of why Jesus came and what he came to do. So that is really the heart of the Advent season and making room for him, is that you are there not just on Christmas Eve, but you're there from the start. And that whole season is a season of transforming love where you realize like, wow, this is why he came and uh, what he came to do. Also, as like a real-life reference for you, this Advent study book, uh, I've done this for the past three years. So for me, it doesn't get old. I'm looking at all the notes I take kind of as I've done it before. It's like a journaling one as well. It has like scripture and then guided journaling. And it also takes me from December through February, as in like it's just a Advent series one that's like, you know, 25 or uh, 30 days, what have you, the month, but it takes me about two and a half, three months to actually finish it. And that's just the real life for me. So I feel like also in this Advent season, if you feel like it's December 24th and you're like, oh shoots, I didn't really get to spend time with God, that's okay. You have the next day and you have the next day and you have the next day. For me, it's about kind of bringing that revelation into my everyday. I don't want to be like, oh, this is so amazing. And then come January 1st, you know, I'm just like, okay, work out resolutions. Here we go. Right? It's more than that. It's about how God is transforming your heart. So Advent comes from the root word Adventus, which means arrival, and Advenire, which means to come. So you can also think of this time as like this arrival of a new adventure, and that also gets me hyped in thinking about uh, what he's doing in our lives, too. That's so much about uh, where he's bringing us in the future. And so I want to pray for us today and us reading scripture. But before we do that, I want to do something called diaphragmatic breathing. And if you have done this before, you know that diaphragmatic breathing is belly breathing. Little babies are really good at this. If you ever watch them sleep, their little belly is like... They're using their diaphragm to actually breathe. Um, We're going to actually focus on doing that. Instead of breathing from our chest, we're going to breathe from our belly. So I'm going to do with you what I do with my students sometimes in class, where I say, if you could come to the edge of your chair and make sure that both your feet are fully planted on the ground. 
And then at this time, you want to make sure that you reset your shoulders. People are like, oh, you're going to make me sit up straight. Just for the breathing, it's okay. Um, you reset your shoulders in the back so that your spine is straight. And this provides the most air, or the most room for air, rather, in your belly here. And at this time, I also invite you to close your eyes, as I'm going to do. And as I kind of guide you just through this breathing, I want you to allow yourself to feel what your breath feels like inside of you and feel what it feels like when it leaves you. So you take in a deep breath and you're focusing on filling your belly actually. And then you're releasing. You're inhaling. And you're letting it go. As you do that, I'm gonna pray. Father, thank you for this time that we can slow down that we can reset our breath, that we can sit in this idea of what peace has truly done to our hearts, our cities, our communities, and this world. Thank you in this time that is often chaotic for a lot of us, that's often buzzing when it comes to our uh, mental space, that we can sit in your presence and we can understand more of the wonders of your love. Thank you that as this time comes, that if anything comes up that feels uncomfortable or like that we don't want to address alone, that you are with us, that that is the miraculous understanding of why you came also to be God with us. So thank you that you walk with us in this journey. Thank you that you allow us to process this spectacular event. I ask, Lord, that you would bless this time. Would my words allow people to find uh, the truth that is in your words, Father? Would it speak to them? And would you allow this time to really transform us? Amen. All right. So now you can sit however you want. People are like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Posture, I tell you. Okay. So with this idea also, I uh, felt like the Lord was talking to me about an inheritance and this time being like the reading of a will. And with that, you have, you know, the beneficiaries that show up to a will reading, which is a little bit of a misnomer because they don't really do readings of a will anymore. But it's kind of like me sharing these scriptures. You are the beneficiaries and I'm telling you what Jesus came for and what he died for and what you are given and kind of what is yours to take. So with that, kind of have that understanding of this, this uh, scripture is your inheritance too. And with that, there's also an idea of um, kind of how we deserve uh, or what we deserve and who gets to be there at the reading of a will. And I just feel like the Lord said also that there are some times where we treat ourselves like we are an outsider to his goodness based on what we've done or a lie that we've heard about ourselves or saying like, oh, I haven't maybe like been in the word enough, so I don't deserve his goodness in regards to this. Or maybe I um, haven't, you know, done this in my life or I've specifically not listened to the Lord or, you know, what have you. I feel like today he said, tell them they are a part of my inheritance and they are part of my goodness. So keep that in mind too. In reading Isaiah, Uh, Isaiah is a prophet, and he is in a time also, I think he served under uh, four kings, but he, his uh, book specifically is 
really awesome because it includes the full scope of Jesus's life. So his virgin birth, his ministry, um, his sacrificial death, and his resurrection. So a lot of what we read in the Old Testament today is a part of that. And if you remember, the theme is to bring light to a world of darkness. So we're reading these scriptures that have everything to do with light and this prophecy of who Jesus is and what he's coming to do. So this is Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Natali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the deep, darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. Now, verse six, the very famous verse six. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So if you're an Israelite, you would really understand the idea of war and exile. They spent like 14 generations in exile. So you would understand that the imagery here of battle and of a yoke being shattered, also because we have this idea of uh, agriculture and what that meant to people and this idea of yoke and what that would be um, on your shoulders, this uh, very, very heavy wooden kind of yoke that hold two oxen together that are plowing, right? So this yoke that is being shattered, this victory, this understanding also of uh, this dominion that never ends and the dominion that defines peace because they lived in war for so long. So this would be a huge, victorious, like incredible passage that would be uh, foretelling the Messiah. It's also why Israelites thought that Jesus was going to come and overthrow the Romans because of these warlike passages too and this understanding of defeat and the um, tremendous burden that they were under because of the Romans, right? And the fact is he did come and... Um, to, to break bondage and burdens, but he came to wage war on death itself, not just one kind of uh, dominion, but all. So moving forward to Isaiah 16, 19 through 22. The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again, and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sorrow will end. Then all your people will be righteous, and they will possess the land forever. They are the shoot I have planted, the work of my hands, for the display of my splendor. The least of you will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord, and in his time I will do this swiftly. So we have this comparison of the sun and moon uh, and the light that is Christ. And just as a side note, if somewhere, someone were to tell you like, hey, you're not going to actually live by the sun and the moon anymore. There's a light that's going to be everlasting that you're going to live by. It sounds kind of crazy because of how much our world, I mean, <laughs> literally revolves, right, around the sun. <laughs> um, 
I made a joke there. But uh, with that, an unintended joke. I'm like, well, that's funny. Uh, but with this, it would be kind of crazy, right? We have so much to do with the sun and also the moon that orbits around the earth. And with that, we have this idea of the everlasting light that is Christ. So all of... Um, this prophecy is leading up to this light that is momentous, that is bigger than the sun and the moon in our lives, and that will um, allow us to live by it. Moving to the word becoming flesh, so the New Testament. This is John talking about really the theology of Christ. John 1, 1 through 9. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The word became flesh. Oh, sorry. Coming into the world. Verse 14. So we skipped a couple of verses there. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's verse 14. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. So the beginning of this, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word here is talking about Jesus, right? Because verse 14 says that the word was made flesh. So if we're talking about time, John is breaking time here. He's saying, hey, listen, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, meaning the Word didn't have a beginning. He was in the beginning, right? He was always, which is pretty cool. And then he talks about uh, this voice coming in the wilderness, which is what uh, John was talked about. And yet the voice that is Christ is talked about also. One commentator talks about uh, the divine expression, the theology of Jesus. Jesus is the divine expression of God, right? Because he's fully God and fully man. But he is the face of God. He is the actual voice of God. He is the word, the truth, the amen, the faithful witness of the mind of God. And with that, that anticipation of Christmas is so cool because we understand that something is coming that is a divine expression made flesh in that babe. And so it's not just about like, oh, this is kind of cool, the Holy Spirit, you know, um, being a part of a virgin birth, it's about um, the Godhead actually being made flesh. Ephesians 5, 8 through 14. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything is exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it says, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So again, these themes of light often are juxtaposed by themes of darkness. And so that darkness is also representing sin and separation. So there's a separation. All of uh, Isaiah also, not all of Isaiah, but a lot of Isaiah is uh, full of judgment. So it's, it's setting the stage for the light coming, but it's also showing a need for the light 
It's showing a need for a savior. So this understanding of darkness, this separation, is pretty key in themes of the Bible, but also it shows us kind of the separation of the darkness in us is not even necessarily like, oh, there's so much evil and sin in you. There's separation from God, though. Before Jesus came and died on the cross, uh, we were separated from Father God. So with that uh, process, we can understand, too, that that separation is what is talked about in this idea of darkness. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Some of you uh, have heard this song before, or I would say most of you heard this song. It became really popular in 2020, but uh, Carrie Job did The Blessing with her husband, that song, which comes out of uh, Numbers 6, 24. The Lord bless you, and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So I knew that uh, because actually I had a teacher that would end his uh, class by saying that prayer over us. But actually what I didn't realize is that the verse prior to that, the previous verse in 22, says the Lord said to Moses and the The title of this in my Bible, too, is called The Priestly Blessing. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. And so I thought that was really cool in a way of like God saying, this is how you're to bless them. You're saying, let my face shine on them, that that is the blessing that we have. And that is in the Old Testament, right, of this idea. And you'll see it throughout Scripture a lot when David talks, and he says, let your face not turn away from me, right? It's this understanding of the presence of God is uh, incredible, but it wasn't our inheritance, you know, pre-Calvary. That was after what Jesus bought for. And so this understanding, too, in uh, Corinthians is talking about this light shining in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ, which is incredible. The divine expression, the word, the face of Christ shines on you and is within you. That is the hope of glory too. And I feel like a lot of times when I think about what God has done, it's truly incredible. But when I really study about what he's done, it kind of like bubbles up and you're like, I've got to tell someone about this, right? Or you see suffering in the world, which is immense, right? It doesn't take you long to scroll or to find anything. And I don't know what it is about Apple News, but actually I just take that off my phone. But it's always kind of on the side. It's like, bloop, so-and-so convicted of so-and-so, whatever. And it's like tragic always. And you're like, oh. And then I'm like, what do I do with that? Am I just kind of desensitized to be like, oh, so what happens nowadays? Do I pray about it? Do I just take it off my phone? Uh, what do I do about this? And in our time of, uh, you know, thinking about what God did for us, when you really sit and know about it, it's kind of like you have to share it because the word of Christ in you, this face that shines upon you, this God that is with us, um, this light, uh, can't be uh, hidden, right, in a way that when it's inside of you, um, it just comes out. And I think that's the best way to also evangelize, that if you talk to people about Jesus and you quote them something, you know, maybe it's a profound quote and it speaks to someone, but I also think that, and I've had this um, said to me and um, preached, that if you can talk someone into the kingdom of God, they can be talked out of the kingdom of God 
as well. That talking can is kind of limited in a way. But if you share with people your experience of what Jesus has done in your life, it comes from this genuine place of like, this is the light that's within me. And it doesn't also feel forced and it doesn't feel like you are trying to get anything from it. You're like, I can't help but share because I see suffering and I'm moved by that because the suffering in the world, Christ was moved by compassion, right? We have that a lot in scripture. I'm moved by compassion. He went to heal the sick, right? Or he healed people or he stopped for the one because of that. So when you see suffering in the world, I would encourage you also, dig deeper into who God is because for me, sometimes there's like a swipe away kind of understanding of um, privilege, honestly, in my life. You can swipe away the bad news in a lot of regards when a lot of times that's people's lives. They can't swipe that away, right? So in my understanding, if I feel depressed based on news, that means I haven't been spending enough time with God because that means my God is really small, that he can't kind of affect those things because there are things that are just so burdensome and, um, and sorrowful. And yet we have to really understand that um, our God is big and this is what he came to do too. When he came to shine a light in our hearts, it was for everyone. Okay. Matthew 1, 23. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So here we are talking about God with us. This light is also um, with us, and our inheritance is the tremendous pleasure of hosting his presence, that this is something that uh, was bought for with his blood. Ephesians 2, 14 through 18 says, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to those who were far away and peace to those who are near, for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So this is the amazing thing about our inheritance. He didn't just come and kind of be like, here's peace. He came and brought himself, which is our peace. So in situations also where things bubble up or where life gets crazy and you're calling on the name of Jesus, you're not just calling on his peace, like an attribute of God. It is an attribute of God, but in a way it is God. He is our peace is what the scripture is talking about. So that is something of our inheritance and what you are being told today is that don't forget, like we got him in this exchange when he died for us and uh, came to shine a light in our hearts, we get Jesus. That is the crazy thing also about Advent that I get excited about is when he came, he came for us and to us to be within us. I need my flag. Okay, so we learned a bit about kind of slowing down. I just want to kind of recap a little bit. And in that recap, I want to talk about um, just kind of what we read and why again. The slowing down, so that arrival adventure. Hopefully we, bought, we went through that process together, but just breathing in of itself is so good. We're going to talk about the practicality of that. But this understanding of the Old Testament is the rich description of the light. A light is coming. Basically, in Isaiah, a light is coming. This is what it's going to do. This is what it's going to save. This is how bright it's going to shine, right? Setting the stage and comparing and describing this power and the manifestation of the light is the purpose of that. And in the New Testament, we talked about Jesus being the word, the divine expression of God made flesh. That in itself is amazing journal prompt. 
you know, God, you are the divine expression of the word. Like, what does that mean in my life, to have the divine expression inside of you? How do I live according to that? How do I live because of that? I kind of start journaling um, based off those things. I write down a phrase and be like, wow, and then just journal. See what the Lord says. See kind of where it goes. Allow that to kind of um, marinate in your heart. We are children of his goodness. He is this God incarnate, and he is Emmanuel, right? The person who is with us that is righteous and true. He is our peace, and he came to those who were far and near to connect us back to our Father. That's a really good explanation of the gospel right there. Hey, there's good news. God sent his son, his one and only son, to actually connect us back to him, um, to tell the good news, this truth, to those who were near and those who were far, and to give you himself, which is our peace, to live inside us in a world that is often broken and where broken people do broken things and where we have to live with this understanding of uh, what God paid for and what we experience to today, that tension. So this understanding of who God is and how he's uh, currently transforming us is about allowing this light to shine in our hearts completely. So how do we do this, uh, in my opinion, in times when it feels really chaotic, right? So I have a bullet point list for you that talks about um, specific ways that you could do this. And this is not a list that is comprehensive or like ranked in order, but it's just a list that I find that's helpful for me myself. So worship, um, the following slide, I'm going to um, share with you my personal playlist. That's where, um, it's, it's my absolute hype music um, for Advent. But this helps position your heart with truth and adoration. If you're like me, sometimes you go through the holiday season um, singing the songs, which are great. Um, and yet, a lot of the really rich theology within those songs kind of gets lost, um, just in the crazy busyness of the day, or also just because I'm used to singing them. Like, I've been singing it since I was um, a young girl. Um, and yet, if you sit in those songs, if you ever choose those songs and just journal about those lines, it's pretty incredible. So if you um, take deep breaths and you talk to the Father, which is, you know, just what we did prayer, um, this really resets your ability to find peace and, and uh, calming in a really practical way. So I do this before journaling, actually, because I don't know about you, but sometimes journaling for me is like frantic. Like, I'm like, okay, I've got 20 minutes, like, Lord, speak to me. Or like, quick, say something to me, God. I got 20 minutes, you know? Um, but kind of just breathing and then resetting and allowing him to be like, what do you have for me today? Allows my mind to actually um, listen, because before I'm just distracted. The third thing I have on here is journaling and guided journaling with scripture. This is what a lot of Advent series will help you do, so I'd highly encourage you to do that. Like that series that I talked about that has you open the Bible on December 1st and the 2nd and the 3rd and so on allows your uh, really mind and your heart time to make him room, but it also allows you to listen and record what God is saying and find kingdom perspective for your life right now. And then, of course, reading and um, meditating on the Bible is allowing that uh, truth that brings freedom, hope that doesn't disappoint, and joy that empowers. Um, this is the good news of your salvation and inheritance to fully um, allow this time to um, get excited and anticipate what really God did. Okay. So, uh, I don't have a 
I would say, smooth way to give you my playlist, unless maybe you email Pastor Riz, and he's like, here it is, because uh, I emailed it to him. But I do have a slide that just has a picture of it. And if you, uh, I tested this out with a couple people. So if you um, search, let our hearts prepare him room, which is the title of this sermon, this should pop up. Um, it's got a green background, and um, let me tell you, it is, yeah, this is my hype music. This is my waving flag music, um, arms in the air. I put Nova in a bassinet, um, and I was just kind of like praising the Lord, and she was looking at me like, oh. I'm like, this is your future. Um, but uh, and she's entertained too, because I'm like, oh, someone's like wildly kind of like dancing around. But this is incredible. This is an incredible way to really allow um, the truth of his word to rock you um, when it goes into worship um, kind of services and stuff within these songs. So super awesome. Um, it's also a way to adore the Lord in adoration really by saying like, you are the light that came. You are the peace. You are the hope. You're this understanding of God with us. That is what um, also is kind of currently rocking my Advent season is letting that kind of understand me in moments of pain, in moments of disappointment, in moments of like loneliness. A lot of people experience so much loneliness during the holidays. And yet if the holidays are about just parties and kind of uh, dressing up, taking pictures, all this stuff, that's really, really lonely for a lot of people that don't have family nearby or who have lost family. But if you allow kind of this idea of why Jesus came to enter your life every single kind of day of this Advent season, you understand that he came specifically for those moments of loneliness. He came specifically for those moments of disappointment. He came to sit with you in those moments. And that is incredible. And that is what Advent, to, for to me, um, is just so incredible. In, you know, doing the same Advent series that I've been doing for like the last three years, it just keeps rocking and rocking me, is that idea that he came to sit with us in our struggles. It's pretty incredible. Uh, so let's pray. Jesus, thank you for being this light of the world. Thank you for coming as fully God and fully man and dying on the cross so that we could inherit all that you deserve. We didn't deserve any of it, but you have made us children of your light. You have given us what you bought for. You have made a way. You have given us access to the Father. So right now, Father, we connect with you. We commune with you in this idea of worship, in this idea of meditation, in this truth. Would this truth rock our lives, Father, that when we see titles of news articles that are really depressing or that disappoint us about our world, that um, maybe there's an invitation to harden ourselves or desensitize ourselves to those things because uh, you don't seem big enough. Would you allow our hearts room to experience who you truly are, that you are a big God, you are enough, you are the Father that has sent us the light that shines, that we don't even need the sun and the moon in regards to how we orient our everyday life, that you help us find truth, the truth that truly sets us free, free indeed. So Father, today I pray, Lord, for the people that feel like they are trapped, I pray for the people that feel like they're in bondage, that you 
would allow your Holy Spirit to speak truth to them as well that they would understand that there's a peace that has come to this world, peace that has a name, peace that sits with us in our sorrows, peace that has saved us. He is our Savior. Father, would that peace allow us to really understand who we are as your kids? Amen.